Whether you are thinking about becoming a restaurateur or you are already in the business, Michael Politz has written a must read, The Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Pick up your copy today at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books A Million, or wherever fine books are sold. Food and Beverage Magazine Live, bringing food and beverage to life with your hosts, James Beard Award winner Jennifer English and Food and Beverage Magazine publisher Michael Politz. Featuring leaders in the hospitality, branded food and beverage, and CPG industries, many of whom are Jennifer and Michael's friends in the business. For an informal and informative conversation where friends in the business share the latest intel, ideas, and best practices. Live, juicy inside scoop from the tastemakers, newsmakers, bread bakers, drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farms, foodies, and friends of the food and beverage magazine world. Here are your hosts, Jennifer English and Michael Politz. Hello, Jenny, Jen, Jen, Jen. What? I know, right? I'm blocked. Hold on a minute. What's there what we go. About? Surprise. You're going to be my surprise today. What? I'm going to do this all the time, Jennifer. I'm going to come on. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing as we move forward. We're going to bring on the guest. We're going to say hello. Then I'm going to roll. And How get jealous are you of this? Listen, let me just talk about that. That is Diane Mina's Bloody Mary mix. And it is amazing. And you guys are going to get more. There she is. We weren't even ready for you yet, Diane. We're going to give you the big intro. I love this. Tony, this is perfect. It is? So, where does this come from, Michael? Let me just tell you real quick. This, I'm going to roll because we've got three trade shows coming up in one week next week. And I don't even know how the magazine's going to be everywhere at all times, right? But we're, I'm working on all the details now. But just real quick, this gorgeous woman below us. Hi. Right? Her husband has been a friend of mine. Let me see your face, Jennifer. Why are you covering your face? It's so pretty. Well, was, that no, the, the, what, what Diane makes is the star, too. It, she's the star. But I'm saying her Hi. husband, this is how we got to this. Because I, for some reason, I feel so left out of everything. I'm sitting, I, I go to, her husband and I have been friends for over 20 years, right? Mm -hmm. His team and I have been friends for over 20 years. One of them was a baby 20 years ago, so we can't include him. He came about 10 years later, right? So her husband, Michael Mean, a great chef, great restaurateur. Patrick Umel has worked with him for many, many years. Adam Sobel, many, many, came out as a baby. He came out of his mother, went right to work for the Mina organization. <laughs> so Michael's like, I'm like, hi, hugging and kissing and talking to him. And he's like, what about, why, have, what do you, you don't know about Diane? And we start talking about Diane and the kids. And then he brings up the fact that Diane has a Bloody Mary mix. And I'm like, all of a sudden, I feel awkward, inappropriate. I just, I don't understand why I don't know what's going on. I feel like I haven't left my house. But he, you know, Michael's so nice. He's like, no, no, well, you haven't gone out. It's been COVID. Like, he gives excuses on why I don't even have my finger on the pulse of the industry. Right? That's called the true hospitality, Jennifer. So then I'm like, give me Diane's number. I'm calling her right now. And... I'm just, I'm changing the whole world because this, I, amazing, right? Um, and then I start calling people who've had this stuff and they're losing their minds over it. And I'm like even more uncomfortable that I don't know what's really going on. Right. Does that make sense, Jennifer? It's so delicious that I'm, that I'm drinking it like all the time with nothing in it because it's just on its own. Let me tell you something. This is so irresistible. This is the Bloody Mary mix you would make at home. A, if you could. Okay. And then B, 
if you had all of these beautiful garden fresh ingredients to make it with, you want to taste the vitality of the alive garden in every sip, bright, zingy, zesty. This to me hits all the right spots. I pucker where I'm meant to pucker. It sweetens where it's supposed to sweeten. The balance is unbelievable. And then the layering, that mysterious layering of flavor, I'm literally addicted. This I've never heard you word, right. use the word layering before. And by the way, this could, you're acting like this is a mukbang show right now. Oh, I know. You're, going, you you're could, like, you could sip mukbang. Just, like, I mean, you know, you're like, like swooning. I mean, you're swooning. All right. I'm going to go and get back to work with the magazine. We've got some big stuff coming up. Yes, we do. I think we've got, who do we got? We got Craig's from LA coming up on the cover next month. So we're working out the details. We just had Padma, right? You just interviewed Padma. Vanessa Hudgens. Vanessa, we just did Vanessa. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff going Can on. I so Diane. Do you know what I would serve everybody on our cover if we were having a cover party right now? I would start with this. All right, you guys talk. I'm out of here. <laughs> Tony, get me out of here. Bye, Michael. Oh, okay. So wow. if you haven't been able to figure nice out, to we've you. got the extraordinary Diane Mina on with uh, Diane's. Uh, and again, the, the, the flavors are so bright. When she says it's garden grown, it's legitimately garden grown. Tony, throw the shot up again of the exterior of the bottle because I want people to understand that this is the original. It's Diane Mina's Garden Grown Blend Bloody Mary Mix. When you pour it, you can see all the chunks and bits of all the flavors that come together to make it a quart of flavor. It's delicious. It does taste garden grown. That is absolutely truth in advertising. I've served mine here for my morning refresher with lemon and celery. I've got those beautiful peppery interior celery stalks that give it that incredible flavor. But that's because this marvelous woman and her team have created a product that I insist you try. And I don't know that I've actually gotten to the point where I've said to anybody, I insist you try this. And yes, I'm on the quest for the world's best Bloody Mary mix. And yes, we're going to keep talking about this. But I have to tell you, this has just hit all the bells for me. And it's my great honor and pleasure to welcome the woman behind the blend, the garden fresh woman of the hour, as we would say. Uh, Diane Mina, how are you? And congratulations. Oh my goodness. Hello, Jennifer. I'm well, how are you? I'm, I'm so emotional. I can't, you know, everything that you're saying, this is a first for me being in this, um, situation. So it's really uh, quite a blessing. I'm overwhelmed by how much you love the product. Um, I don't want to say I'm shocked because it took us four years in developing this. And I'm, right. I'm just really happy that you feel the same way, your background, your culinary and your, all your hospitality. So your words, I'm blown away and I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for having us on StreamYard. We're really excited to be here and talk about so, what we so love. Let's talk about this project because it's not just what's in my glass. Let's work backwards. What's in my glass is irresistible. But people need to see that there is an entire, literally, iceberg of effort before you get to this tip of the iceberg that we right. all see. There's so much that goes into this. Let's start looking at the beginning. Um, I'm going to imagine you were a great Bloody Mary maker in your own life, in your own house, but that means you had great flavor sense from the beginning. Talk about your life as a food person and as a culinary person for whom this is just a really good expression of your flavor philosophy. 
Well, you know, I can, I'm going to turn it down. I'm going to throw back the years a little bit to my youth growing up on the East Coast, if that's okay. I won't get to the stories on the website. You guys can check it out. But it really, it's where your heritage, where you start from, right? I think at a young age, you, you are affected and you do things as you get older, right? So at a very young age, our backyard barbecues, clam bakes, always consisted of a make your own Bloody Mary bar. So I was 10, 11 years old as my pop was shucking those clams, those cherry stones from Lake Ronkonkoma that I dug out with my toes. And I was in, I would just stand by this huge barrel or a garbage can, right? Of just iced down cherry stones, delicious. And there would be the Bloody Mary bar. And it would be, you know, various types of uh, tomato blends from straight up tomato juice from V8 or just a plain tomato juice or Mr. And Mrs. T's is where I grew up, where, what I started from. And that was founded in 1960 and they're still relevant today. God bless. So, you know, that's what I started. So I, I really started at a young age, Puerto Rican, Italian background flavors, bursting, right? Balance was everything. So I loved the Bloody Mary on its own. I loved the mix. I wasn't a soda girl. My mother really didn't allow soda pop in our house. I was a Yoohoo girl. Those who are from the East Coast know what that little chocolate fizzy thing is. <laughs> so those were delicious. So it really started from there, Jennifer. And then to your point, yes, then I just fell in love with making them. As I got older and of age, um, I started my F&B business really my gosh, my experience when I was probably 19 or 20, I was a hostess and I was just bitten by the bug to serve and to be in the hospitality industry, whether it was hotels or front of the house, F&B, was never really a chef curator, okay? I'll just put that there because I could make some really good food, but I was always about when the people come in, when the guests come into our home or guests come into our restaurant, I wanted to be the first person to welcome them. And the first place people go is usually the bar, even in our home or in a restaurant. So I would just, that's all, that's how we break it down, chef and I. I welcome the guest with a bar and he does his stuff hours later, <laughs> right? Um, so basically a lot of, and I you know, graduated from high school. I didn't go to college. I was kind of a scrappy college and me were like, you know, that's cool, but I wanted to get to work really young. So I did that. I held like seven jobs from a yogurt place to hostessing. I was kind of just eclectic in my experience because I wanted to learn all aspects of it. And then I met my husband in um, 1991 and 1990, actually, just what an amazing human being. I'm, I was working at the Four Seasons Clift Hotel in San Francisco. I was serving high tea, speaking of oh, tea, wow. scones, Devonshire, Michael made it all. And he used to be late delivering my scopes. And I used to say, who's the guy in pastry? And he was pretty well known by then, right? And I was like, who's this Yahoo? I'm three minutes out late. End of story. When I confronted him, I was like, hey, we can't be late like this again. And then that was the end of it. So, and, and, and just for the just, benefit of the audience who may not know, let's tell everyone that you are married to one of the oh. most incomparable chefs of his generation, Chef Michael Mina, who is a lovely human being really extraordinary visionary culinarian and uh, somebody who has completely defined the generation in which he operates. And he has become literally one of the most influential in the world uh, through the work that he does. And when Las Vegas became Las Vegas, he's had a very substantial role 
in literally elevating everything and keeping consistent at the highest levels, what we all now know is one of the greatest food cities in the world. Yes, agreed. I couldn't agree with you more. We've been together for 33 years and I'm, I'm still learning from him every day. He's an educator and he loves cooking, but he loves teaching. Um, and he loves building talent within our company. And that's what I just, I still to this day, because I'm, I'm a direct reflection of that, you know, from something that we did as a weekend leisure with friends, you know, I had dabbled into a couple other things. I've, I feel like I've always had this entrepreneur spirit. I wasn't sure which direction I was going into, even when I was married with chef. Those are our restaurants. We're partners in the restaurants, but I'm not working in those restaurants, right? So I was like, you know, what where, is, where does all this go? Yeah, I didn't know what to do with all that. Before I met Chef, I had my own path. I wanted to be a hotel manager of the Hyatt. I wanted to be one of the 127 female managers. I was going to make my mark. You know what I mean? And um, it was a different path that the higher B said, okay, we're going to try this way. And it's been a blessing. And Chef is just, I'm telling you, you know, there's the husband piece, which I'll cry about. So I don't want to do that. The brilliance behind the way he, his mind just never shuts off, Jennifer. He's so, and he loves helping people. He loves when people call and ask him how to make a fish or, you know, a steak. Um, you know, speaking highly of him, I'll start getting emotional. But well, let me just say, we, we, we want to dive into how you got into yeah. this business. And I'm going to ask, while you're telling us this story, will you start making a Bloody Mary for us? Because you've got I, your signature Bloody Mary bar in front of you. Would you start making the Bloody Mary for us in front of you? I absolutely will. We just had to make the best Bloody Mary because <laughs> to do that, yeah. you really have to have the best Bloody Mary mix. And you've got to start I love how mix. <laughs> this right? is the volume is turned all the way up in this mix in a perfect balance. And that may be one of the most difficult things to do. You literally don't need to add a thing to this. Wow. So talk us through what you're doing there. So I am rimming our glass. So I have three different stem glasses. I'm a big fan of drinking Bloody Marys with a stem. And so I've got, I'm going to do the Bloody Mary today. I'm going to serve it. Well, since I, I'm going to have it with vodka, but I also have the mocktail with drinks beautifully on its own, which I know that you have. So I'm going to rim our glass. I did that with some citrus. And then I'm going to rim the glass with tahini, the Mexican seasoning tahini. Love it. Gives a little something, something. It's got a little tamarindo kiss. It's got some uh, very distinctive flavors. And so doing that means that every time you take a sip from a, sh a fresh spot around the rim of the glass, you're going to get another note of flavor that's going to marry with the cord that comes with the pour. Exactly. Look at you. I wish you were here. I am here. I'm we're here together. <laughs> You are here. Okay, so I gotta say, ice is a big deal when making a Bloody Mary. Sometimes there's like ice that melts too fast and it waters it down. Another thing that we really focused on was the viscosity because the viscosity of a Bloody Mary. I also grew up, loved and was into um, Clamato for many oh. years, um, primarily because it was a thinner tomato cocktail. And I tended to add, you know, I'm gonna do one and a half. I tended to add a little bit like olive juices yeah. and, um, you know, the Mazetta, Mazettas and all the, all those good juices that all those wonderful pickled, right. that's how it kind of started for me, Jennifer, to be honest with you, is I would, I would try to cut back some of that heat and I would add some elevations of all those in there. Right. So I would do olive brine, of course, the citruses, but if you're starting with like a Mr. Mrs. T, it's pretty, 
pretty high end on the pepper. I used to cut it with some of those and it made it really interesting for people. What's so the I put flavor about profile of Diane's original Bloody Mary mix? What's the flavor profile inspired by and what does it taste like? Of the Diane's original? Yes. Yes. So fresh from the vine, ripened tomatoes. That was our first goal. You know, this was a scratch recipe that, you know, and we didn't, I didn't really have any idea that this was going to be something that was going to be in a bottle. Even when we were younger, chef and I would be entertaining. Everybody was like, oh my gosh, you should bottle this. And I'm like, I'm not sure exactly, you know, that's, thank you. Thank you. But I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm a restaurateur. What does that mean? So we had this opportunity um, with the 49ers new stadium that was going in, into the um, Santa Clara. And my husband said, hey, my wife and I do this really cool tailgate. She does these great Bloody Marys. I make great food. Let's make this a fun thing. So we did. And I told Chef, I'm like, Chef, I'm not going to make a Bloody Ooh. He's like, you got to do your bar. And I'm like, well, I'm standing next to you, Mr. You know, food mecca guy. What am I going to do? <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. I'm not going to use a bottled mix. So I actually pitched to him, Jennifer, in 2014. I said, would you invest in me emotionally <laughs> and financially and plant a garden in our home? We lived on three acres in West Marin. And I planted heirlooms, all different types of heirlooms. And I tested them from the skins to the sweet to the earthen tones. So I focused on the tomato first because there's a lot of mixes that use paste and concentrate water, which is fine. But where I was going with our culinary blend and wanting to do something in our restaurant group, it had to showcase that artisan, that handcraft specialty. So I, there can I, I went. Just, can I just comment on something? Yes. That is such an important point. All of us remember biting into a summer tomato from wherever we grew up. And there is a flavor of summer joy in a live garden, freshly picked tomato. If it's in it a is. sandwich, if it, it's not like anything else. There is such a distinctive flavor to that summer joy, that tomato joy. You have captured that in this. I don't know how to say it so that it doesn't sound like, you know, I'm on your marketing team. I don't know how to oh. say it any other way, but to say to somebody, this tastes like the joyfulness in a juicy summer tomato, like a perfect tomato. You yeah. capture that. And that where you build from there is amazing. And that's exactly right. Thank you for saying that because that's what it was. I was actually out in the garden at two or three o'clock in the morning, making sure the worms didn't attack. And I would go out there and I'd peel back the skin and I taste just the meat and I would taste. So there was a bunch of different varietals that we used at the time to get to this point. So the scratch recipe has developed into this beautiful bottle product. As you know, going into you know something that's shelf stable is very, very, very difficult. Most manufacturers and producers, they don't want to even touch it. It started off as a cold press item at, you know, beverage at our restaurants because I was making it there. It was a four day process, right? I would hold the tomatoes after we hand crank them. They would hold in a five gallon bucket with skins on. Then I'd strain them out. And then we'd layer in all the ingredients. And what's super important, I think, is that Bloody Mary connoisseurs, they love umami. We've talked about that before. But sometimes it can get off balance because it becomes either kind of cool about these great, these really cool garnishes. They forget about how this was kind of thought of in 1920, right? It's just tomato juice, citrus, some celery, 
and hot sauce. So that's kind of where I wanted to stay because I had the experience of the real spicy high sodium complex. I was like, you know what? This is my time to make something really unique, stand next to my husband in that culinary lane and produce something that really no one else is doing. So, or, you know, and serve it there. So I didn't really have, this wasn't going to go in a bottle until we had William Sonoma's president, Janet Hayes came to our tailgate and she's like, this is the best bloody I've ever had. I said, oh my gosh, don't be silly. She goes, oh no, it's better than ours. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute, don't get crazy. So she goes, would you be interested in bottling this? I was like, wow, you know, I'm really not, I don't know that business too well. Um, so the Williams Sonoma team, we're not really with Williams Sonoma anymore. They do like a three-year contract with new makers. So we launched with them in 2017 and we were with them for three years. We were in 220 stores and that's wow. kind of where, so our platform focus group started at the tailgate serving 900 to 1100 Bloody Marys every home game. Wow. And then, so that was our test market. And I would ask people, what do you want to see in this blend? It's a cold press item. What do you want to see? So then our second skew, which is the Dirty Diane, which I think you also have, that's when I went into the garden again and played around with some jalapenos and other spices. We're going to feature that on Proof Live. But I want to talk about this. You've just made a perfect Bloody Mary. What are the three key steps to a great Bloody Mary? We watched you make it. And I see the ingredients on the board before you. I think I even see an orange. I see a lime. Uh, I did. I, I wanted to bring that up because so our blends, we really focused on so people were, I love gin, I love tequila, and I love mezcal, and I love it on its own. But I do still like the playfulness of a Bloody Mary. So I started adding an orange citrus to our finished product, and it's a little bit of a game changer. Some people are like, Diane, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, just let it sit for a minute and understand what I'm doing. So the Kentucky Derby, which is with bourbon, delicious. So the bourbon and the orange slice with the original, uh, it's like, what? So we really can create your Bloody Mary experiences just don't end with a traditional vodka and the original. Right. So I actually have all here today to explain the reason why you'll see some photos of my orange in there because it's just a different level, right? It's like going to a, a walk-up Bloody Mary bar and people are putting their own stuff in it. We did it in a place where the at-home bartender and the bartender behind the bar can have fun and be playful with it. So they're starting off with a really clean mix, gluten-free, vegetarian, low sodium. They can add whatever they like to add to it, you know, to make it their own, but it's a great base to start with, right? And as you said, and having our Merry Mocktail, those are, that's really big right now. People love V8 and they love having that juice on the airplane. They love it all, but this is low sodium and delicious and garden fresh. I can't express that enough. These are whole tomatoes from Italy, big difference. We don't use paste, nothing wrong with paste, nothing at all. But for us and our brand, that's our brand voice. And I think that's why we're, you know, we're creeping up there to those other big boys, <laughs> you know? Can I tell you, this is so irresistible. A, I've become a brand ambassador unofficially because I will serve this so proudly to my friends. But I'll tell you why. Because when people come into my home, I want to give them the things that I know will delight them. Mm -hmm. I will be very proud to serve this. I couldn't make a better Bloody Mary mix if I was given unlimited resources and all <laughs> the time in the world. You really struck upon what I think is the most balanced, bright, modern, delicious, 
it speaks to the palate we are today in terms of how much we love spice and bitter, sour, salty, sweet, umami, those five notes, the more you get of each of those five notes in any bite or sip, the more satisfying that bite or sip becomes, the more pleasurable that becomes. So all of a sudden you've explained to me by making this everything I know about flavor. And I'm also very proud to serve this because my friends will expect that I'll be able to give them things like this because I'm always on the hunt for the best things in the world. And when wow. I find them, when we out in the world find great things, isn't the first thing you do run and tell your friends, oh my gosh, you have to try this. I just discovered you're going to love this. Sit down and oh. make this for you. You're going to love this. Thank you. Because what you want to do when you find something like this is share it instantly and immediately. That's why we're doing this. Thank you so much, Jennifer. That means everything. That really does. That means we're doing our job right. When a, I wanted to touch point because you asked me about the layering of flavors. Can I hit on that for one second? Oh, absolutely. So I'm see if I can guess some of these. Well, I would love that. Because I you think there's some very What I can't get is the heat. This isn't just you throw a little Tabasco that has a high vinegar note in. You've got some sourcing of heats that have like a bloom. It's like if heat um, bloomed, you have a bloom of heat. It's yeah, not it just a note of heat. Good. So when you're trying it, right, when you're hitting it right, right away, this is, yeah, let me see. Mm -hmm. You should be getting that heat, right? Yeah. And then as it continues to go in your mouth, it just kind of stays in there and then you should be getting the citruses and the olive brine but then it finishes with the heat as though the heat were the were the road it was riding on on the rails it's the rails of heat that it, the, the cart stays on so i'll give you a little secret <laughs> so we use a five peppercorn blend oh, okay and now what i what i wanted to mention also before is each ingredient that you'll see on the back of this bottle through the development process, I was actually literally in the kitchen breaking apart the peppercorn from the blacks to the reds to the whites to the pinks and the greens, breaking them apart, layering them in just to the juice without the Worcestershire, without the horseradish, without the citrus, because I needed to understand how every ingredient affected final flavor. And I think that's what happens again. I'm going to bring this up. The walk-up Bloody Mary bar for a person who loves those. They're totally cool, but I don't want to go into a restaurant and be handed two ounces of vodka and a glass and say, go ahead and go do that, right? Because what I'm gonna do, because I like spice, I'm gonna go over there and go, oh my gosh, look at this pickle. Oh my gosh, look at this, look at this. So now you're, you're dropping in everything. You're forgetting about the tomato juice. Most likely you're not gonna have that second cocktail because it became what? Unbalanced. Mm -hmm. So the reason why we're super proud of this product is all we focused on was balancing each ingredient as we laid it in, and then the cooking temperature, extremely difficult. The infusion temperature, that was something we spent another two or three months on. Michael, we kind of hit heads a lot because it's like, stay in your lane. I know what I'm doing here. I need to, so we brought it up to a temperature um, and then we let it rest. So yeah. we don't overcook the product. And that's what you're tasting when you taste that fresh tomato. That's yeah. why you're tasting that's the That's why you became the joy of the tomato. You're tasting the joy of the tomato because, as you know, when you do a roux or you actually render down, you get that paste, which again is fine. It mutes. Then it becomes a mute. It becomes a mute, exactly. You know, I have to say, um, your husband has an extraordinary palate and he's got a great finesse. Um, 
and he is one of the greatest chefs in the world. Um, but I have to tell you, this is so delicious. Thank you. I want to tell you that by taking us into the, the development kitchen, by telling us everything you just told us, I want to salute you as the chef that you are because only a great chef could have made this. This wow. is extraordinary. I used to have a peppercorn company and I'll tell you, but I want to, I want to ask you, cause you had your glass raised. Do you have a house toast for the bloody, do you have a house toast? Drink beautifully. Drink beautifully. I love that. So cheers. I want to, I, I am not the least bit surprised you're telling me about the peppercorns because I'm, I'm a peppercorn person and have been working. I don't know if you and, and, and Michael remember, but I used to, um, I used to do all the official refills for the Peugeot pepper mills. Oh my um, gosh. So Peugeot are the best pepper mills money can buy and our peppercorns from flavor bank are the best peppercorns money can buy. And so I understand that the peppercorn can often make all the difference. That's why a great chef would send some out to augment the dish. That's right. And it's always surprising to me how chefs uh, underappreciate the ability to really nuance and finish a dish with the peppercorn. But what's interesting is every peppercorn does have a different flavor. And this is not just, I threw hot sauce in this. You really did. This is one of the most masterful jobs of heat infusion that I've ever experienced. This wow. isn't hot. It's not just spicy as Americans would say. Right. It really is a beautiful, masterful layering of flavor. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Well, we do like to enjoy more than one as a mocktail. Yeah. When you have that spirit in there, it's a little bit more palatable, right? And then the ice renders down a little bit. But as a mocktail, you don't want it to burn your mouth off because mm -hmm. You, you're kind of enjoying it. it you, you know, there's a little wellness component to the whole tomato situation. <laughs> and then the citruses. And I think the other thing, too, people ask me about, and they're like, why would you do that? And I'm going to explain this. Stabilizers, right? How do you get this freshness without any additives? Our ingredients that are in this bottle are the stabilizers. Yeah. So you'll see that there's honey. We don't use cane sugar. Cane sugar is lovely I was going to well. say that beautiful sweet note that really rounds it up because you can't have balance with bitter, sour, salty, and sweet without the sweet. That's right. And it brings in some of that viscosity. This blend is a little bit thicker than our, than our Dirty Diane. But I, again, I love honey. And I told Chef, and he was just, you know, he was, we were playing with agaves and, and all kinds of stuff. And I said, you know, they kind of disappear. Honey is a classic... It lingers and it's a stabilizer, as we all know. So, and it really, again, every ingredient that I added was tested to that tomato by itself. And then the formulation of putting it all together. Now that's where the fun came into play where, you know, Michael's kind of heavy on the salt a little bit. He's kind of in that area. Um, so I was like, okay. So in the kitchen, it was fun. I wish in 2015, if you would have saw us, it was quite something because the, the manufacturers and developers were like, Michael's kind of in the background for just a little while. I mean, he definitely helped me if I looked at him and said, okay, there's something that's missing here and I would like to do it this way. And it was just, it's, it was a beautiful journey and it still is. I mean, Sarah and I, and you know, we're love what we do, you know, and bringing, having Sarah, who's a very dear friend, 20 years as, you know, my co-founder and partner in this business. And we, we love taking this on the road. It's just so fun. We love what we're doing.
Well, we I'm love so happy, the women-owned business. We love that it's a women-owned business. I'm going to say it again. We love that this is a women-owned business. We love that this product is super delicious, completely irresistible. I have to tell you, I'm so happy for you. Thank I can you. taste the care and the intention that went into every aspect of this. This really is extraordinary. Tell everybody where it's sold and where we can find it. So that's so primarily a lot of 90% of our business right now is on premise. So it's sold in a lot of hotels right now, but in California. So we're in California, Nevada, Florida, and Hawaii. In California, Northern Southern, same for Nevada. Our retail stores are Whole Foods, about 17 stores in Whole Foods in California, our Dirty Diane. Beverages and more, it's a specialty store in California. We're about 90 stores there. And um, Lee's discount stores here in Las Vegas. Very exciting. One of the great liquor stores in the world. At What's that? One of the greatest liquor stores in the world. It is. Oh my gosh, that whole story was tragic. Um, and then Molly Stones, again, another, it's a boutique collection market. It's about nine stores in the Bay Area. So Bay Area is strong. That's where we started the product. That's where we are. Sarah and myself and Michael, we all moved here to Vegas two years ago. And... We're so excited to be here. It was before COVID. We weren't doing that because of COVID. We were making that move either way because our kids were grown up. And we, you know, we, to your point, you know, we came here in 1998 when Steve Wynn opened up the Bellagio. I mean, Todd English and William Serrano and Thomas Keller. And I mean, come on, Todd English. Elizabeth and all those restaurants with everybody. And Elizabeth Blau. And Elizabeth Blau, my buddy. Um, so yeah, it's just, I this, is where, this is where the women's hospitality initiative has got to have you join us because by the time we gather everybody on our March, all the way from five to 7% of women in the hospitality industry at the executive level to 50, 50, uh, we're going to need every bit of sustenance and inspiration. I think you provided us with more than a glass full today. Oh, it's wonderful oh. to meet you and discover this product. Thank you so, so much. Drink beautifully and continue Drink to be happy. Thank you for making this extraordinary product. Cheers. Thank you, Jennifer. Happy Cheers. to be here. Whether you are thinking about becoming a restaurateur or you are already in the business, Michael Politz has written a must read. The Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Pick up your copy today at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books A Million, or wherever fine books are sold. All right, so if y'all want to, I sent that other link. Tony, it's still live. Hello. Hang on. We're not off yet. We're almost off, but we're not quite off yet. 